This is the Tao of Business Law, powered by Blissness School, an exploration into the soul of business. Welcome to Blissness School's Tao of Business Law podcast, where we dive into the written and unwritten rules of business. In each episode, we'll speak to a different entrepreneur and learn how they stepped into their own unique purpose, overcame challenges, and ultimately created a life that they love. Through casual discussions, we explore the inherent humanity that weaves through all of us. After all, business is merely a reflection of the individuals in charge. So take charge of your situation. Listen to others who have already gone through the rougher parts so you don't have to. Welcome to the Tao of Business Law, powered by Blissness School. We're going to look at someone doing something for someone else in exchange for something. Um, and so, Margot Curry, who are you as an individual and then as a business? Uh, I'm a mom. I'm a business owner. I uh, am. I don't want to be in business if we're not doing good for the world. If it's not helping someone else, doing something for someone else, as you said. And so, uh, I'm also really, really passionate about entrepreneurship. And I believe it's one way we can change the entire world, especially with uh, ethical uh, entrepreneurship, where we're attaching something like a social mission to it. And it's very, very easy to do that I've, I've discovered it's very easy to do, way less tedious than ask, creating a nonprofit, asking for you know, donations and fundraising. Create a for-profit company, love what you're doing, sell a product that's, that's helping the world, and uh, attach a mission to it. So what yes. is the company, the, your primary company right now? And Margot is actually based in Canada. But, these, but this all still applies, which is great. Yeah. International, we can get international entrepreneurs to be just like Margot. Who knows what can happen? <laughs> so my company is the best deodorant in the world, and that's exactly what it is. It's deodorant. Um, it's cruelty-free deodorant, helping animals. It's uh, biodegradable packaging. We use zero, zero plastic in any of our materials. I know. And I'm just like, I wake up every day so happy about this. Even our shipping material, which is very difficult to do, contains no plastic. Awesome. So for those who can't see me, who are just listening to the podcast, I'm doing a happy dance because as a mom, <laughs> right, and as we kind of look at our world and how it continues to develop, it really is... It's, it's terrifying and chilling on one hand and also incredibly empowering because each one of us has to do our part. Yeah. Uh, we can't rely on governments. We can't rely on someone else taking care of the problem or cleaning it up later. We need to do this. And so like yeah. I, as a mom in my purse, I have right? Like steel straws because yes. I want to oh, plastic, right? Like we <laughs> have to do that. We have to do that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so you as an entrepreneur and a business owner of the best deodorant in the world are lit, you literally have gone from soup to nuts, cradle to grave every single step of the way and made sure that it, it that meets your standards and you haven't compromised. No, we haven't. And you know, what's really interesting it's incredible because we now, so you, I'm really happy you mentioned the government things, cleaning it up and you know, there's cleanups everywhere and government initiatives and individual private initiatives happening all over the world to clean up beaches. But I really believe a company like ours has an actual responsibility. It's not, up, not all up to the consumer. It's about the actual company 
the, 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 the big, you know, even the bigger companies to say, wait, I'm going to eliminate plastic at the source, or I'm going to, you know, stop using water or eliminate my carbon footprint or whatever it is. It's up to us. We can really make a dent. And I love everything you just said, because putting our entrepreneurial hat on, right, we are actually doing better. And this is sort of an amazing byproduct of doing good for the world. People buy our product over someone else's. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because it's on the shelf, they're like, wow, this is deodorant, similar price, but look, this is a biodegradable packaging. I mean, wouldn't you choose that over the other? I, I'm a mother. I'm a yogi, but I'm also a lawyer and I practice business and intellectual property law. And in the intellectual property world, meaning like copyrights, trademarks, patents, there is a concept called goodwill. And this is this intangible concept um, of how do you value something and you've hit it, right? Like if you have two similarly priced products um, and one has more um, of a vibe almost, right? It's doing good. There's no plastics involved. It's helping to, right? And you have other, you've attached other, you know, benefits, intangible benefits to your product, like the water. water. Yeah. The water. Yep. Yep. Totally. And so I'll finish this thought and then I want to hear about the water. But when you have something like that, there are, it's valuable. It is valuable to know that you are spending your money supporting a company who supports the betterment of, in this case, it's like humanity yeah. and how weird, right? That you can take something like deodorant and mm-hmm. actually feel like, yeah, but I'm saving, I'm helping, yeah. I'm doing something to be socially responsible. That's more valuable. It's so, more valuable because their money goes further. It's like you're buying your product that you love an effective product. At the end of the day, it's got to be effective for the customer or why would you buy? You can go donate to any other charity you want, but it's an effective product that that 15 or $18 or whatever it is, is going to uh, provide a year of water for a person in desperate need. That's pretty huge. Uh, So how, how does that work? So we thought of doing it through a couple of different organizations and we ended up partnering with uh, Matt Damon and uh, Gary White's organization called uh, water.org. And so water.org is incredible. Um, they not only supply water, they go in and you know build the machines to be able to provide clean water for people, but they also uh, help the community do it themselves. So they're sustainable, right? Because it's one thing, as you know, to... The old uh, saying, give a person, the you know, fish for the person, give a person the fish or water in this instance, but it's a whole other ballgame if you're teaching them how to fix it, install it, take care of it themselves. At Blissness School, we believe in empowering entrepreneurs. That's why we provide online courses that can be downloaded individually or as a package and cover topics such as how to start a business, how to plan your financial freedom, how to understand taxation, and even how to meditate. Just like Margot said, it's one thing to provide the fish or the water. It's something else to provide the information on how to navigate those problems by yourself. That's exactly what we do at Blissness School. Come check us out at blissnessschool.com. Now back to Margot Curry. I heard from 
right, the powers that be, the corporations, we can't compete. We can't give up plastic. It's too, it's cost prohibitive. Right. So how did you do it? Give up plastic? Yeah. I mean, like how, <laughs> is it yeah. really cost prohibitive? So how, what, can you take us through that journey of like, how did that really actually shake out for you? Yeah, as a company. Miss it because they hear from other people, oh, it's just, we can't even think about that because that's cost prohibitive. And I want to allow this story that you have mm -hmm. to get out there that's, Thank you. that's actually, no, that, that's not true. The packaging we chose is completely biodegradable. Um, you put it in your garden and it will be gone, you know? And so yeah. we're throwing, you know, feel really good about that. And to answer your question, it's not easy because if you've ever ordered anything from Amazon or from wherever, you receive like the smallest little item and it's like encased in all the stuff and plastic and bubbles and companies have to do better. Do you know the impact? I mean, if you have a product that is in plastic or, you know, it's recyclable, it's not enough. Not enough for our world and it's, it's, it's overwhelming because there are beaches that are literally all plastic. Um, so, but doing these small things like looking for companies and understanding the stories of companies is so important. Three factors that you've sort of, because you have to start somewhere. So there has to be some metric, right? Like how are we evaluating the damage or the harm cause? How do we know which, which elements, which factors to think about when we're sourcing packaging, when we're sourcing raw materials, when we're sourcing how are the raw materials getting to us? Yeah. So you said animal, people, and environment. We are looking at three different uh, things, animal, environment, and people. So plastic affects all three. They kill the animals, it, the, the nanoparticles, like every, it breaks up and gets into their systems, which comes back to us. It gets in our water. Um, so it affects our hormones. Uh, there's young boys, young girls are going through puberty earlier. All of this, like this slew of all these problems, including cancer, there's it's, it's, it's proven. It's no longer suspected, right? Um, and so the human body and, of course, the environment is pretty obvious why it affects the environment. So eliminating plastic at the source is key. This is Melissa Jaffe, and I am the founder of Blissness School. I am a licensed business and intellectual property attorney, and I came to understand that many entrepreneurs would get stuck. So I created Blissness School. It's a place to come together with like-minded entrepreneurs and have sort of like a mastermind and also like a mini business class where you can go at your own pace and also have trusted advisors and counselors talk with you about ideas and issues and to really dive deeper with a group of your peers to understand more about business. Speaking of which, let's get back to Margot and learn more about things like a B corporation and what your sweat is saying about you. Yeah. So those are kind of the three mm -hmm. big things that you're looking for. Yes. Um, and so how, how did you find your packaging? I mean, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. that you were able to find one that you could feel pretty confident that even if somebody just tossed it, you know, kind of like yep. in the backyard, everyone would be fairly yeah. It's not an easy task. You have to look at the consistency of your product too. Ours is a cream. So what, what I find companies love to do is put plastic inside the, the cardboard. So there's a lot of companies like that. We found a company that does not do that, yet it's easy to slide up and down if it's a stick. Luckily, we, we have a jar. Our product's in a jar. So every company is so unique, but I know 
in my heart that it can be done, even if it's halfway. Let's say you're a you know you have your product in plastic. Let's say you have to do half of it biodegradable or half of it not plastic. How much better is that than a hundred percent, right? So. I just, we have to work with what we have, but most products, pills, for instance, can be in glass, they can be in metal, they can be in a biodegradable packaging. There's no reason, because no sun comes in, right? Uh, supplements, all of that. If you really, we've been in it, you know, we're, we're, we're researching, we've been doing this now since rebranding, and we are completely, we have been disheartened, you know, by everything, we're, we're, but we're hopeful because things are changing and information's getting out there. Yeah, we got, we, as entrepreneurs, we have to, um, we have to do our part and there's a very strong trend to suggest with B corporations that this yeah. is going to be financially, fiscally beneficial as well. And just the B corporation in the U S is, um, a benefit corporation. It's not a nonprofit, um, which is a separate, it's not that you can't make a profit as a nonprofit. <laughs> it's just <laughs> you have to adhere to other very certain rules so that you get a tax break. Right. The B corporation doesn't get that tax break yet, but you have an ability to contemplate what they call a triple bottom line. So you don't only have to make your decisions based on your short term, short term fiscal returns. You can make decisions based on longer term, sort of um, bigger missions. So if your mission, for example, is to um, um, protect the animals, environment, and um, people, then you can make certain decisions like maybe you pay a little bit more in your packaging in order to achieve that that mission. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. I guarantee. And that's so true, Melissa. And I love that you just explained all that because we are looking at B Corp. Actually, we have, we're almost through the application, but it's intense. But I will say too, it's exciting to me because everything you mentioned, and when you do say spend a few pennies here and there extra on packaging or on, you know, totally cruelty-free ingredients, for instance, because, or organic or whatever, you will gain that in, um, it's on trend. You will gain that in more customers. And that's uh, a goodwill piece. It, yes, it is that goodwill piece. They know, like, and trust you. Yeah. And yeah. so that even if you do make a mistake here or there, right? So the, there's, um, yeah. for example, like Toyota, right, with the Prius. Yes. It's such good, such strong goodwill in that it um, is um, a, a more environmentally friendly car that even though there were examples huh years ago of like, you know, like explosions, like imploding cars, right? People put up with it. Yeah, people forgave them because they still trusted that, that they yeah. were headed in the right direction. And that's, that's what will happen yeah. with things yeah. like Goodwill, yeah. even though your bottom line may go up slightly. It's incredible how that happens. And slightly is the key, is the word, because it goes up now, later on you'll sell in quantities, and, and also there's always ways to adjust the price to make it work, because as a consumer, I know firsthand, and I've seen it in my stores, people would pay more even for a product like this. They would pay a little bit more comparatively for a product that's in plastic, that's not providing water, that's not cruelty-free or organic, uh, they, they will pay more for a product that is. So anyway, this is something that I've learned along the way. It's incredible. Because as an entrepreneur, I mean, think we're a for-profit company. We need to make the money. Yeah. Um, but we feel so good. I feel great waking up every morning um, now. I'm excited other companies are following suit. And how long have you been in business? 
So we've been doing this for now. Uh, we've we started about eight and a half years ago, eight years ago now. What is your company structure? Like, are you uh, you're in the process of becoming a benefit corporation or B Corp? Yeah. So what are you now? Yeah. You mean like an LLC or what? Yeah, we're uh, actually Inc. You're, in, you're okay. So we're incorporated. In yeah. So yeah. are you incorporated in Canada? And uh, yes, in Canada. Yeah. You actually started making this product like yourself, right? Yeah, right in our kitchen. Yeah. We just did it for ourselves, Melissa. Just out of my kitchen for me and my husband. We needed a product. We were changing to natural. We were, you know, the whole story, right? We were like sick. We were changing everything in our life, even our mattresses, because toxic stuff, whatever. My headaches disappeared after all that. And then deodorant was really tough to find, so we made it. That's the story. And then in stores carried it and sold out. And we we're like, oh, wow. You know, we finally clued in that there's uh, a business that's So I'm going to interject here for a second, Mario. Because yeah. it's been eight years and you're like, oh, we're at this different place. But I remember talking to you before and you were saying that you made it. And then kind of you're, you just were using it. And then you were yeah. sharing it with your friends. And your friends started asking you for it. And then you started to kind of, so there is a small progression, right? It's not like you make it and boom, the next day you're in stores. You do have to take these steps and really put it out there and share with pride what you're doing with others so they can start to, because it's weird, right? Some people be like, you're making your own deodorant. What? But when you start to really explain, well, I'm making my deodorant because I actually know the chemicals that are being put on my body in some of the most yeah. susceptible areas. And when I spoke with you last, you were saying that actually deodorant has a, like a specific capacity to enter into your bloodstream in the armpits because the like skin barrier isn't quite the same as other areas of your body. And so this is actually really, really important. And yeah. many people don't take that time to understand. Am I right? Am I getting this oh, yeah. right? Yeah, no, you are getting it right. We've, we know the deodorant industry. And that's actually based on science, too, because it's been proven. Like, there's, uh, there's so many. It, it really enters, enters the bloodstream um, more there. And antiperspirants need to be avoided at all costs, actually. First of all, our body's meant to sweat. It's really one of the ways that we eliminate these, you know, the toxins in our body, the nasty stuff. It's, it's natural to sweat. It's become sort of taboo, right? So you need a good deodorant to absorb that. But you're right, Melissa. It enters faster. And the chemicals are not something it's really crazy what's out there. You know, the chemicals aren't something we're going to want in our bodies. And younger people are starting to use antiperspirants and deodorants all the time now. Even nine-year-olds I meet because, of course, hormones, right? We talked about getting it all sort of as a vicious circle. Um, and their parent, they're starting to maybe stink earlier, which also isn't, isn't a normal biological function. Yeah, so... Um, so what's to talk about <laughs> all related it's uh, well it's all related and it's also important because you know and this is what i love about business right we could start start about talking about deodorant and then we start to realize no your business makes complete sense right yeah. that you are so concerned about the environment and people because i know for example one of the many 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 elements that are in you know large brand deodorants is aluminum for some unknown reason and that is actually a chemical that is known to be correlated with Alzheimer's disease. So, yeah. right. And so some people aren't um, putting together, you know, like, oh, that what I do tonight for my date, right, is going to potentially have long-term effects on my brain. But those of us who are mothers, 
right? Mm. We always think about like, when you become a mom, yeah, dangers around my child, you know, and when you do have a child, you really start to think about, at least in my experience, okay, like I need to clean up what I'm doing in my life because I want to be here for every single moment that I possibly can be with my child and we can't control everything, but we can control some things like what we put into and on our bodies, how yeah. we care for ourselves and, yeah. um, and what we put in our mouths. And, and quite frankly, your smell reflects what you're eating. And so if you yeah. aren't, that's a good thing to be aware of. Right? If, you, if you don't like your own smell, come back a couple steps mm. to see what you're doing throughout your day. Yeah. Right. What's in your toothpaste? What's, not to go crazy with it, but to be more aware because that's it's really true. empowering. Right? Our, it's so true. You, uh, you said it and people don't realize I love when a customer or someone in my life says, I don't wear deodorant. I don't need it. It just shows me they may be eating a little bit cleaner, uh, not allowing toxins into their bodies because toxins are create that. It's the bacteria that, that, that the, um, it feeds on, right? The sweat, the sweat feeds on the bacteria under the armpits and sweat is actually supposed to be odorless, odorless, uh, and in our bodies. Now, that's okay. Some of us are stinky. Also, healthy food like garlic and onions may cause that. But not to go into too much detail there, I love what you said. And by the way, just to rewind a bit, I love what you said about the pro business progression because uh, unless your intention is to uh, right away go into business with your product, it is a progression. We never intended for it this to be a business. So it was like, oh, yeah, we'll use it. Okay, friends want it and then so on. But the stuff has to work for it to work, right? So. And that takes, uh, you know, several yeah. years. Yeah. Hi, and thank you for tuning in to the Tao of Business Law, powered by Blissness School. My name is Melissa, and I'm the founder of Blissness School. If you are looking for some help or insight, or maybe just some peers to bounce ideas off of, if no one in your friend or family circle has ventured out on their own or can offer advice, and you don't feel like you have enough money to hire a professional like a lawyer or an accountant, please do stop by and check us out at www.blissnessschool, that's B-L-I-S-S-N-E-S-S, -S -S, the word school.com. We'd love to help you out. Now, let's get back to Margot Curry. For someone else, so obviously when you're in business, you need a market, and you had a great market. <laughs> Yeah, we had no idea. Everybody is like seriously, that, right? Yeah, it's a it's an eighty eight billion dollar market, the deodorant industry, um, and yeah, and growing, and that's just not counting some countries. You know, that's globally. And now deodorant created. I can name up all the market statistics or whatever, but it's crazy. We had no idea that it would be so on trend, and that's why, as an entrepreneur, you kind of you create something, whatever it is at home. You're like, there's a business opportunity. We can better someone's life. We can better the world. Um, and, you know, deodorant's a fantastic product to start because there's, we have about 10 products formulated that people actually need too. Um, I love watching other companies succeed and, and other companies that I follow because it's truly inspiring, especially if it's a, not just a product that's out there, but a product that actually makes a difference in someone's life. So um, I also wanted, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the time, but I also yeah. wanted to hear about your, your recent um, crowdfunding campaign. And this is kind of unique. Like you guys are really challenging how business is done, right? Yeah. In some very, very awesome and creative ways. 
So can you tell us about that experience? And, and so, just- yeah, mm-hmm. we were encouraged to do a crowdfunding campaign and now I'm, I'm happy we did it. Uh, we started sort of with a smaller goal, but uh, it was really the intention of the campaign was to give our company a little bit of breathing space to be able to produce more product. We had no idea what to expect, didn't even really market it, no ads or whatever, and it did very, very well. But um, I encourage all companies to try, like a crowdfunding's where it's at right now. Companies start this way, they take an idea and they do a crowdfunding and it just, you know, they can start their, anyone can start a company these days because of crowdfunding. You don't need an investor, you, being, you keep 100% of the equity, et cetera. Um, so, um, yeah, so for people listening who aren't sure what we're talking about with crowdfunding, hmm. So typically with businesses, um, like I know, like my, my, my dad, who I pick on all the time on the show, um, <laughs> you know, my dad would say like, oh, we'll go into a bank and get a small business loan. When you get a small business loan, then you're paying back an interest rate and you're under some deadlines and, and, it, and quite frankly, some people aren't going to qualify a new business that doesn't have um, a proven track record um, or an individual who wants to necessarily put their credit on the line. Um, that's, you know, we're not sure that that's really the best way to go out things anymore. So there's this new, newish way, um, to earn money, to raise capital, um, without going to a bank or a venture capital firm, which is going to be much bigger scale. And, um, as Margot just mentioned with VC funds, you are giving away some equity, potentially all your equity in your own company. If you fail to fulfill some very, very high, um, demands. Yeah. from the VC firms. Um, so that, that's not always the, something that I recommend to people. So there's mm-hmm. this, this, this other option, which is going onto the internet and asking individuals to support your product. And in exchange, you give them something, right? So you mm-hmm. had years. So you had like, you can buy one pack. You could even get deodorant for the entire year. So yeah. you can do anything you want with that. You can give it to your friends. You can give it out as Christmas presents. I and mean, who wouldn't want a deodorant where like, it's totally cruelty free. Yeah. Awesome, right? We even had a lifetime supply and you can do that. A lifetime supply for a fantastic amount. And actually it's still going because they loved us so much that they put us in demand. And so it's just, I love deodorant.com. No, our goal was 15,000. We made that in about five days. And then now it's about it's going 33,000 almost and, and growing, but that was only in a month, you know, so, and you no know, traffic, uh, et cetera, new customers. Again, right now, our biggest problem and companies are going to find this problem as they grow, like you said, past the sort of mon stage, past that individual shop stage, um, you're going to find maybe a, uh, you're not able to keep up with demand, right? So the stores want it, everyone's eating it up, and we just, are, we just couldn't really uh, make it fast enough. Um, and there's details in that, and people wonder how that's possible, but it's, you're always constantly chasing the production. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and now actually we're in a, we're, we're at a stage and I'm sure other companies will relate where we are open to accepting outside capital because we can only grow it so much to be able to scale fast. You need a big order, you know, like a big amount in stock. And that's not easy for a physical product company that costs a lot. Well, there's storage, there's fulfillment, there's um, sourcing. And obviously you guys have sourced on small scale, completely cruelty free, but then converting that to, 
to larger scale, um, it that becomes more complicated. It does, and you're going to want to store your own ingredients because they're not always in stock, these cruelty-free organic ingredients. So if you can store in a really nice cold room, you need the money you know, to be able to do that, the uh, shea butter, all the ingredients that are involved, store them and be able to just to produce whenever the heck your company wants. That's very tricky. And you know, also the biodegradable packaging, that's what takes them, it's most time-consuming getting it here. We need to now source it in North America because, to be honest, I want to be completely transparent with whatever we do. It's actually sourced, uh, well, part of it's sourced in Asia right now. And that's not, we're not liking that because of our carbon footprint. Um, but when we look at it in the grand scheme of things, it's actually better that it's not plastic and sourced over there than it is plastic sourced here. So that's a really good point, right? Yeah. You always have to make some, that's why metrics yeah. are so important. I've, wa I've worked with businesses for a very long time and, yeah. you know, I'll say like, what's your, um, you know, what mm. are some metrics that you guys are going by? And they look at me like I'm crazy and I'm like, you are not, <laughs> you have no idea what's going on in your business. Like if you can't tell me some basic metrics, like, you know, lifetime value of your customer, yeah. um, for yeah. example, then we need to rewind. Right. And that's, that's what Listen School is all about. That's where it takes you through I the I love bank. that. Yes. Well, I personally can't wait to do that myself. I mean, I think we kind of summed it up and we only have a few minutes left. So someone doing something for someone else in exchange for something and obviously there's an exchange for product and cash but there's also this exchange of energy right every mm -hmm. single every single person i've always talked to it always kind of comes down to this larger exchange of energy almost mm -hmm. like you say this is something that we felt really strongly about and we just wanted to share it and obviously your your generosity is is so big um so is there anything else that you can think of in that exchange area in exchange for something so there has you can't just have an exchange for like, well, this nothing. is the thing too. What I love out of what, what, what we're doing personally, um, we're very huge animal advocates as well. So when we're eliminating four plastic water bottles per jar, basically the equivalent in weight of four plastic water jars, we know every kind of detail we're saving animals lives as well. Right. Um, and, and humans and, and et cetera. So for me, it's like, I seriously would not be in a business that isn't doing something like that. I would find something more noble to do if it's tramping on the world. I call it like being a parasite almost because there are businesses out there, not to sound too harsh, but they're, they're just eating up the world. Um, and we need to make that shift now to more conscious things. And that is my heart is huge and I'm getting great benefit from that. And yes, financially, like I said earlier, as an entrepreneur being this way, um, ethical like caring about the environment uh is the big bonus is we actually gain more followers i want to hit on something too and i and i think that this is something that is very taboo in business especially mm -hmm. with people who are artists or creatives or very very um beneficent right who really really have a huge heart this yeah. concept of making money and i've worked with artists for a very long time and it's almost like this unconscious um Thing, that money is perceived in some part of our psyche as mm -hmm. bad or dirty um, but you know the things you can do with making money yes right I mean you can really yeah. help out so many individuals and there's nothing wrong with like ha have like I, I have somebody that I pay to help with my daughter because that helps that person and man, does it help me and it helps my daughter. Right. And totally. And yeah. Having my home 
be peaceful and loving and that that affects me very very deeply i can't do anything for anyone else if my home is in disarray yeah 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 i am with you 100 and this is the a really hot topic in our life our family society with money because guess what with more money that a company makes you can do more good think of yourself making money in order to help more people mother Teresa had millions of millions and millions of dollars in her fund, right? So she was not able to travel the world and do her work without that money. And you know, another thing that I love that you guys are doing, and I know we're, I'm gonna keep looking at the time, but the fact that you partnered, you partnered with a nonprofit, right? That you're, you're allowing other people to come and help you, whether it's in your business or your personal life, you have, a president who's come in to take some things off of your plate so you can focus on your area of domain that really is your, yeah. your zone of genius is what we call it um, but you're not trying to do everything you're you're finding and partnering with and I love that because so many nonprofits are struggling how do I get the word out how do I share what I do and mm -hmm. I feel like this opportunity to partner with businesses mm -hmm. with conscious entrepreneurs is um, somewhat untapped. I would love to hear at some point, and maybe you have a couple of things to say about how you ended up partnering with this nonprofit. Mm -hmm. um, like what actually were the steps that were taken? Did they find you? Did you find them? Yep, no, we love what they were doing. We found them, we um, like applied. We now like they're gonna feature us on their site. Oh, thank you so much, I'm so, Grateful that our paths cross. And there you have it. That was Margot Curry with the best deodorant in the world. You can find more about Margot and her products at ilovedeodorant.com and thebestdeodorant.org. The Dow Business Law Podcast is produced by Listen School LLC. All rights reserved.